Hallelujah. We bless the Lord for all the testimonies and what the Lord has given to us. And let me encourage all the men today, even though my focus is to continue last week's message, but in Genesis chapter number 2, verse 7, then we jump from there, 7 to 15. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living now, when you jump to verse 15, he says that then the Lord God took the man that he created. I mean, this is the, the sequence, how God created the whole thing. I mean, in Genesis chapter 1, it talks about, he puts everything together. But from chapter 2, it gives how the whole thing happened. God created the man first before the woman came to the sea. Now, when he created the man first, he put the man, he took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. Hallelujah. So when you look at the scriptures I mean, critically, you see that the creation of man came with responsibility. So every man created by God, when you are born in this world and you don't come as a woman, but you come as a man, it means that you have been born with responsibilities. No man is allowed to be irresponsible. If you are a man, Please understand that God places responsibilities on you. So there's a lot. The raising of the kids, your personal life, your marriage. It's not the woman who should take care of you as a man. No. You have the responsibility to take care of your home. And every grace that you need, God gives them to you as a man. If only you will take up responsibility, God will help you to do well in this life. I pray that no man in this ministry shall become irresponsible. May God give us responsible men, responsible fathers in this house and all the branches and beyond in the name of Jesus. Can you please help me tell the next man next to you, I see you becoming responsible. You will never be irresponsible in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. One of the things that you must run away from as a man is laziness. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden and said to the, and said, I mean, tend it and keep it. I've given it to you. If you don't work it out, you can't have it. It's a great responsibility to be a man. I mean, now look at Proverbs. When you are born as a man, you are born with load. And that's how it is. And I pray that with the help of the Lord, every man here will excel. Keep our homes very well. You will never be irresponsible. But you will be a responsible father. A responsible man. That will make sure all things are working well. I pray that some years... You see, when I read the scripture, uh, Proverbs 31, I asked myself, what about the men? He said, the virtuous woman, there's a dad. The virtuous, there's a dad. Then he said that her children will call her blessed. So sometimes when children are giving preference to mothers, you don't blame them so much. Because most of the time, or sometimes, some men are irresponsible. You'll be surprised to know that sometimes some women even work more harder than men. There are some men who are waiting for women to take care of them. No, I mean, it's like that. Is that not so? Yeah. There are some even men that when they, before they marry you, they want to know the work you are doing. You are irresponsible. Taking advantage of a woman. Trying to get whatever you... You are irresponsible. And you see, the woman also let your eyes also be open. Identify men who want to take advantage of you. 
Useless men. When they come in your way and they just want to take advantage of you. Just that. I pray the men in Christ Jubilee Center will never be like that in Jesus' name. Take up responsibility. Take up what? Yeah. Don't be ashamed of any work. Don't look for pleasure and leisure. When we got married, and God is my witness, my salary was 12 cities. I, I was giving chop money 50 pesos every day. 50 pesos. When we moved him from Kumasi to here, I was driving taxi just to make sure I'm responsible. How will I sit on for my wife to go and sell and come and come and take care of me? What a shame. And the young men here, men here, young, please learn to be responsible. Don't be afraid to work. It is said that the man is in the boy. Have you heard that before? Yeah. Or the woman is in the girl. Whatever you are doing today determines what becomes of you tomorrow. If you are lazy today, if you are irresponsible, if you don't take it, it will affect your tomorrow. I pray that the real man will be seen in the young man. And God is, I mean, this church, the Lord has blessed us with responsible young men in this church. So any woman who marries from this church, you are fortunate. If you marry any man from this church, you are just blessed. I've said it all. Then Then I won't say anything again. (laughs) I see that grace coming upon our men in Jesus' name. I see our men becoming more responsible and responsible. We are not taking advantage of anybody in the name of Jesus. And may God bless us. Give us a heart to work and a heart to be responsible. May God bless all our men in Jesus' name. Can we give a big, big, big clap of one to the Lord? Amen. Congratulations to all our fathers. And may the Lord honor all of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's a great response. It's a great, great, great responsibility. It's a great, I mean. Some men have given birth. They don't know even where their children are. It's a great responsibility. It's a great. I don't know, but may God help us. May God help all men. Where we have failed. May God help us to do some few corrections. We'll never repeat the mistakes of our fathers. We'll never repeat their mistakes. And as a young man, always learn from your, 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 your fathers. Look at the mistakes of your fathers and make sure you don't repeat them. Look at their strengths and amplify the strength. Don't repeat the mistakes of fathers. And even fathers here, it's never too late to be right. Even where we have, go, we have gone wrong, we can still correct ourselves. We can still correct. Some of us, the fathers say, our children cannot even sit face to face with us. Our children cannot sit with us. They can't. You are like a tiger. Personally, myself, as all of you know, I've never seen my father. Whether he's alive or dead. I don't know him. I've never seen him. Some of you are like me. And some of you, you have, you, you have deprived your children of a father. Your children don't see you. Shame. And you see, when we raise our children like they generate bitterness for us. And on top of that, that seed is, if God doesn't help, that seed is sown in them and it also reflects in the eyes of their children. Some of us, through the grace of God for us to have a love for, to call somebody as a spiritual father. What is a father? Who is a father? I mean, I've never seen a father before. May we correct all our wrongs in Jesus' name. I said, may our wrongs be corrected. Be responsible. Be responsible. 
Don't see another woman and drop your and put your children somewhere. Today we continue our series we started. My month of godly foundation. So we are still looking at repentance. So we look at repentance, uh, repentance 1. And we are looking at repentance. We saw it last week too. So we are looking at repentance part 3. Hallelujah. So let's go back to our anchor scripture from NIV. This I say therefore, testifying the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of your mind. They are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given. Having, I mean, if you watch the video, I, sent, I put a video on the pastor's platform yesterday. A friend sent it to me from London. They call it naked demonstration. All the men are naked and the women are naked. I'm talking about naked. I'm not talking about your wearing panty. Purely naked. And you're on the streets of London. Not about three or ten or hundred or two hundred people. Plenty. Naked. I mean, they have lost. I mean, no, let, let me ask you. How many of you can just, you, you are right now, you can just, even a man, just move your shirt right now. Can you move your shirt? A man, right now. Ray, can you move your shirt? These are not moving a shirt, oh. They have moved the shirts, moved the trousers, moved the underwear, moved everything. Not only men, women also. Naked. Not wearing brazier. Underwear, everything naked and they are riding bicycles. No shame. Lost all sensitivity. No, no, no shame. They have given themselves over to sensuality. So as to indulge in every kind of impurity. With a continual lust for all. That's how we used to live our lives. Please roll. You, however, did not come to know Christ. Your own is a different story. You don't follow them. Your own is a different case altogether. You have not been taught in Christ this way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him. Accordance with the truth. That is in, praise God. I've spoken more about it. You were taught with regard to your former way of, so there is an old life and there is a new life. To put off your old what? Self. Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And be made, I mean, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. So it begins from the, your mind. And to put on the new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and in holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off what? I think we have explained that. Put off falsehood. So when we talk about repentance, I mean, we've explained further. Repentance simply means that it's a change of mind that affects your actions. A change of direction, a change of attitude. It affects everything around you. So if somebody has repented, I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. The, the way I used to walk on, I'm no more on that way. I've changed my direction and it has affected my attitude, my actions. And one of the changes that we must put off, I mean, we have to let go, is that therefore each of you must put off falsehood. So, it, I mean, we used to live false lives. False impression. 
So the moment I, I, I'm saying, I've said I've repented, that falsehood must leave my life. I must take the steps to run away from falsehood. And speak truthfully to his neighbor that we must learn to be truthful and take away lies out of our mouths. False life. False impressions. For we are all neighbors, I mean members of one another. So we spoke about that one. Number two, the second thing is what? In your anger, we spoke also about anger. In your anger, do not let the sun, I mean do not sin, and do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And as I said last week, many of us, I mean, we have that problem. So when you are angry, you don't regard anybody. When you are angry, no respect for nothing. You are too vested, just an rough anger. And it's something that we all need to tell God to help us to deal with it. If you, you, if you see yourself, you see, the word of God shows us who we are. Then the moment we identify ourselves in the word of God, we ask for grace to overcome those things. In your anger, do not say, do not let the sun go down while you are still what? Angry. So your anger should not last more than 12 hours. As I said, some of us are still angry for the past maybe two years. <laughs> Amen. The next one. And do not give the devil, so the devil takes advantage of us out of anger. He who has been stealing must still know more. But must work doing something useful with his own hand that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. One of the things that you must be very watchful about the things that you say. Before we gave our lives to Christ, we used to talk anyhow. Speak anyhow. Filthy, vulgar language. Filthy talks. Talks about people, all kinds of things. These are things we must learn to watch. That's the old life. Because before we gave our life to Christ, we used to sit to talk about people, talk about issues, things that doesn't concern us and all that. Things that are not proper, that even you should not even say. Be very careful. And now that we have repented, we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and personal said, we must be watchful about the thing that comes out of our mouths. Watch. It's not everything you should say. David said, I don't... He said, there are matters which are above me. There are things that you may not even understand. Don't say it. It's not everything that you will understand. Like somebody blaming the father or blaming the mother for something, for an error or whatever. My father did this, my mother did that. It's beyond you. You can't understand everything. You can't understand. Be careful the things you say about those above you, those who are higher than. Be careful about the things you say. When you hear somebody has divorced, be careful the way you talk. Be careful. Be careful. You don't know. If you see somebody's child wayward, be careful. And if your own is not wayward, please, you don't know. Yes, also if you have not given birth to a bad child, you think you know how to raise children. I mean, let me put it that way. You don't give birth to a bad child, but sometimes the enemy can touch your child. And somebody says somewhere, because your own is good, your own is not giving you a problem. No. If your own is not giving you, just give praise to God. Don't condemn anybody's child. If somebody's marriage didn't work, hey, get caught in marriage. 
There are things you may not know. Be careful the things you say. Your mother had issue with your father. Your father had issue with your mother. Keep quiet. It's above you. There are things you may never know. Somebody's life becomes, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't move on well. I mean, you don't sit proper. Be careful. He said, do not let any unwholesome talk come out. Please, listen. The things, you must want the things you say. Whatever you say about somebody, about yourself, will become like traps for you. You are ensnared by the words of your mouth and entangled by whatever you say. Proverbs says too. Be very careful. The things you say. The things you say, you say about people. Be very careful. You have been trapped by whatever you said and snapped by the words of your mouth. Go back, to, go back for me. Thank you. So, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay, no, go back to 29. Let me just finish with that one. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others' what? I always tell people, when I hear about what you said behind me, how do you think I will feel? Can you please ask the person, when you talk behind me and I hear about it, how will I feel? Or how will you feel? How will you feel? Yeah. If some of us have been hearing the things you have been saying about us, hey, if you have been hearing the things I say about you and you see me, you pass and go. And that's what we do. That's what we do to ourselves. Never ever stand anywhere, sit anywhere, and speak negative about anybody. It is not in your own. It is not in your interest. When you meet with a friend and you are talking, it's about yourself. Talk about yourself. Talk about. Don't ever bring any third person in your conversation in a in a negative way. Never. Don't cage your destiny. Don't cage your life. Yesterday I was talking to a lady. I was telling her about a story somebody told me. So, so forth. They went for SU program. And then after the pastor preached, he asked one of the young guys to pray. Let me say it in three. They said, Is it ready? Lord. Yeah, that's it. We thank you. Ready? What's so much say? What's the catcher you say? Your wife tells us that. All those who have carried loads and attacked. Mumra. They should come. And she will give us rest. Everybody. Lord. My bada da. Won't see me. Namikomobu. When he started, began praying, everybody opened the Bible, they were looking at him. He said, Run me by, Ache. My disorder does so me. So I was telling the lady, and we were laughing about it. And the lady said, Even the prayer is true. <laughs> this is a Presbyterian lady. He said, The prayer is true. And I said, But when you continue to read that verse, he said, Learn of me. Because the lady said, she has been praying for marriage. Now she's 45 years. Praying for marriage for so many years. And people have been asking in the community, are you not getting married? And so you, you, two, you don't want to give birth. He said, you don't know. 
So when I said that, we were laughing and said, hey, that thing is true. But I said, I continue to say that. But when you read that, that verse says that, learn of me and follow me. Now, sometimes we take the promise of God without taking the responsibility that goes with it. Listen to me. You can never learn of God for you to continue to carry your load. Never. Because sometimes some of the things that we do, I mean, affect us. Most of the, most of the time. Do not like awesome to come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their what? To their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. From today, know what to say and what not to say. I hear I've gone home. Help me tell the person from today. Watch what you say. Know what you say and what you are not supposed to say. Amen. May God help all of us. And do not give the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all what? Now, one of the things that we must get away out of our lives, we must drop and move that dress. Because the Bible talks about it, the, the garment of the past. We say, take off the old. It's something that we are wearing. One of the things we must take out of our lives is the garment or the past of bitterness. Everybody say bitterness. Now, bitterness is when someone offends you or you are hurt or you're offended and you don't forgive. It leads to bitterness. Bitterness means that the offense has taken root in you. Now, for example, if someone offends me, if Akwasi offends me, and I don't deal with it and I don't forgive him, and I brood over it, it takes root. It's like when you are planting a tree or a small plant and you want to uproot it from the beginning, when you planted it, it's easy to uproot it. But if you wait for some time, that, I mean, that plant will take roots. Then if you want to move it, it becomes very difficult. So bitterness is when offense takes root in you. It becomes bitterness. Many people have not forgiven, therefore it has turned into bitterness. People have offended us, people have hurt us, people have done things against us. You have also done things against people, and people have not been able to forgive. We have not been able to forgive, and it has taken root, 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 root in us. Get rid of all what? Bitterness. One of the dangers that you must work against is the spirit of bitterness. Work against it. That God will help you and I to be able to overcome that spirit. Go with me to Hebrews chapter number. Hebrews 12. Verse 15. Listen to what it says. It says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. And that no bitter what? Grows up to cause trouble and defile. Listen to me. One of the things that bitterness does. When you are bitter, you can do anything. When you are bitter, you can do anything. Bitterness also doesn't allow the grace of God to work effectively in your life. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. So bitterness will cause the grace. You, you can't enjoy God's grace. God's grace talks about God's help. God cannot help you because you are bitter. Offense has taken you. And please listen to me. People offend you. People will offend you. But forgiveness is always a choice. You must learn, if only you are ready to forgive, God will grace you to be able to forgive. It's a choice. 
But if you want to hold people in your heart, you want to be bitter against them. It will rob you of the level of grace that God wants to entrust into your heart. That no one misses the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defy you. Do you know that bitterness can make you to grow lean? There's not anybody who is, everybody who is slim because bitter. But bitterness can make you to grow lean. It kills your spirit. It kills your body. It destroys you. Yeah. You'll be offended. You'll be hurt. But may God increase all of us to have the spirit of forgiveness. Amen. We will not brood over people's offenses to generate into bitterness. When you are bitter, you can kill. You can do what? You can do anything. Most of the time, you must leave people with God for God to deal with them. Don't take it into your whole hands. When people offend you, people hurt you the most. Leave them with God. Let God deal with them. Learn to drop. I mean, I asked Ben to send money to someone within the week. And I made a mistake. I, the last numbers, I changed the last numbers. Instead of 9-8, I made it 8-9. But I gave the right name. He sent the money. And we called the person, please, we have sent money to you. The money does not belong to you. He said, me too, I was expecting some money. <laughs> and up to now, yeah, the money has not come. And I was so angry. And you see, some of you, you are, you are saying, ah, if somebody send the money on your phone right now, you have chopped people's money like that. That's you. I pray that no matter the offenses that people, I mean, that happens to you, the Lord will grace you to let go. Amen. It's always a blessing to have a free mind, a free spirit, and a sweet heart. Receive that grace in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, receive that grace in the name of Jesus. If your father here and your child has offended you in any way, this man said his son has seen his nakedness. Do you know what he did? He had to curse the son. He said, Ham, cursed among servants, upon servants shall you be. Out of bitter, out of pain. Some of you here, mothers here, you are cursing your children because of bitterness. Cursing all kinds of things. May God deliver us from every spirit of bitterness in Jesus' name. We are delivered in Jesus' name. I said, we are delivered in the name of Jesus. Every seed and root of bitterness is cursed out of our lives. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Now, in Isaiah 38, verse 17, bitterness is something that can easily kill you. Isaiah 38, 17. He says, surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. In your love, you kept me from the pit of destruction. You have put all my sins behind you. you know, give me the, the way that you can just put it. Indeed, it was for my own peace that had great bitterness. Listen to this. But you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of what? Corruption. For you have cast all my sins. Yeah. This scripture simply means that I was on the path of destruction, on a path of death by bitterness. To me, I thought it was good. Indeed, it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness. I thought it was good. I thought it was peaceful. I hope people had heart. I won't forgive you when I meet you. I won't talk to you. I don't care. But you intervene. You have lovingly delivered my soul. 
Do you know that when people offend you, it feels good to hold them at heart? And if you for you to tell people about them, ah, where you me say this person did me that, that person did that to me, that person so so so. And sometimes the more you talk, I mean, what do you get out of it? But may God deliver us from any pit of death through bitterness in the name of Jesus. Amen. We are delivered in the name of Jesus. Amen. I said we are delivered in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, when you repent and accept Christ, what happens to you? Number one, what happens when we repent? The first thing that happens to you is that all your sins are forgiven. And God remembers them no more. I've repented. I've accepted Jesus as my, my Lord and personal. How did I do that? We do it from Romans chapter number 10, from verse 5 to 10. Please hurry up. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss or hell? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. I'm talking about how to be able to, how to, how to be saved. How to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. In your mouth and in your word. That is the word of faith which we preach. Then everybody look at verse. Come on, read verse 9. Want to go? That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Now, so that's what happens. To accept Christ is to acknowledge that you are a sinner, that you have done wrong, and you need a savior. Then you confess with your mouth that Jesus is what? Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that. God has raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. This salvation. So when we are leading people to accept Christ, we pray after, pray after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, please, let, let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. He died for me. He was buried for me. And he rose for me. I invite Jesus into my heart. Amen. So when you pray this simple prayer, from that moment, your life is changed. And that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now look at the verse 10. Let's read verse 10 together. One to go. Verse 10. Please hurry up. Now, for with the heart one does what? Unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you don't confess it with your mouth, you are not saved. This is salvation. So if somebody has repented and makes this confession that Jesus is the son of God, he died for me, he was buried for me, and he rose for me, and I invite him into my heart, the moment you pray this prayer, all your sins are forgiven. <laughs> so the day you did that, all the sins you committed, and even one man of God said, even the sins that you commit in the future, God has forgiven you in advance. Yeah. Help me tell the person, you, all your sins are forgiven. You are no more a sinner. Amen. Now, let me show you this scripture in um, Hebrews chapter number 8, verse 12. Listen to what it says. Hebrews chapter number 8, the verse 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness 
and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. So all the sins that you and I have committed, the day you repent and accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, God does not hold them against you anymore. If you killed, if you caused, no matter what you did, whether you did all kinds of things, and we all know the things that we did before we came to Christ, no matter what you did, the moment you repent and accept Jesus as a Lord and personal Savior, God forgives you. So you have been forgiven by God. And number two, God does not remember them anymore. So the moment you accept Jesus, and even beyond that, when you are even a Christian and you, you do something wrong and you confess with a genuine heart and ask God to forgive you, God forgives you and he does not remember them anymore. It's, it's gone. That, that page is gone. God has cleaned you from that past, has cleaned you from that sin. You are no more that thing. God doesn't see you that you did this, you did that evil, you committed that. I, I mean, no, no, no. It is not in their records again. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm forgiven. Say to yourself, I am forgiven. I'm forgiven. Say to yourself, God doesn't remember my sins anymore. Say, God remembers my sins no more. No more. No more. No more. Amen. He has forgiven you. He has forgiven you. He has forgiven you. Amen. You may remember, but God doesn't remember. So when God sits in heaven, he doesn't look at a murderer again. He doesn't look at a sinner again, but he sees somebody that he has forgiven. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Uh, there's another scripture that corresponds with this one. In Isaiah chapter number 43, the verse 25. So when you repent and accept Jesus, the first thing that happens to you, God forgives you all your sins. Ah, what a blessing. What a blessing. <laughs> what a blessing. Isaiah chapter 43, the verse 25. He said, I even, I, I am he who blots out your word for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Woo! If God is remembering all your sins. Psalm 130 verse 1. Give me that scripture. Listen, listen to what it says. Out of the depth I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. Look at verse 3. Can we read together? One to go. If you, O oh Lord, kept a record of sins, O oh Lord, who could stand? If God is marking all your, if God doesn't forgive you, where would you be by now? Hallelujah. We serve a forgiving God. I said we serve a forgiving God. Men may not be able to forgive you. That are generated into bitterness, but God is a forgiving God. I said God is a forgiving God. Hallelujah. So when you repent and accept Jesus, please understand that don't allow your past to continue to haunt you. Don't live in the shadow of your past. No matter what you did, no matter what happened, if only you have genuinely repented and you have confessed Jesus as your Lord personal Savior, God has forgiven and that page is written off. That past is written off. God has forgiven you and he does not remember them anymore. Amen. Men may remember, even you yourself may remember, but God doesn't remember them anymore. What a great God. Thank God we are for, we, I mean, we have been forgiven. Thank God God doesn't remember our sins anymore. Hallelujah. The second thing that happens to you when you accept Jesus, I mean when you, come, you repent and accept Jesus a lot of person, Jesus comes into your heart. 
and you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. The moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, He comes straight. Revelation 3.20. Listen to what it says. Revelation chapter 3, the verse 20. Here I am, stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. The day you accept Jesus as your Lord, Lord, I invite you into my heart. Be the Lord over my life. Come into my heart. I know you died for me. You are the son of God. The moment you prayed that prayer from that day, Jesus came into your heart. Because he was the one speaking to you. He was the one who was convicting you by his spirit. So right now, as you sit here, if you have genuinely accepted Jesus, please let me tell you, Jesus is not sitting somewhere. He's in your heart right now. He's in you. Everybody say, Jesus is in me. He's in me. He's in me. So where is he? He's in you. Yeah. He's in you right now. Just as repentance. Please be conscious of who is in you. That's why, I mean, John 4, 4 says, he said, greater is he that is in us. First John 4, 4. Than he that is in he is living in you right now. The day you accepted Jesus, he came to live in your heart. Amen. Amen. Jesus is in you right now. So therefore, I am more than a conqueror. Amen. If Jesus is in me, then who can be against me? <laughs> you are more than Tarzan. You are more than Abion. If this Jesus is in you, there is no, no mountain you can never climb. First John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome the world because he who is in you is greater. Hallelujah. There's a greater one in you. Therefore, you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Say, Jesus is in my heart. Jesus is in my heart. You are also sealed with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 1.22 2 Corinthians 1.22 You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 1. He said, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as what? As a guarantee. So the Holy Spirit, the day you accepted Jesus, you repented of your sins, from that day on, onward, the Holy Spirit was deposited in you. So as you sit here, you have the Holy Spirit as a seal. As a, as a mark. God has marked you. Everybody has a mark. One day well, I was with them. Um, with the Bishop Oedipo in Nigeria. And he said he was preaching somewhere. When he gave his life, he preached somewhere. And I said, hey, who is a witch here? Stand up. He said, plenty, to, plenty people stood up. He said, I, I'm not saying that you have a dream and you are eating a dream. No, no, no. He said, you are a practicing witch. And they all stood. Then he asked them, you, what do you do with your, what do you do with the devil? He said, uh, uh, when we want to drink blood and uh, we are hungry. You go on the highway and we put a rope, a thread on the way. When you see a car coming, we turn the rope and the car somehow sort an accident. And we get people dying, we get blood to drink. Then he said, what about when we see some of us also, such people as us coming? He said, when we are on the way and we sense a higher power coming, we clear out of the way. The seal of God is on you. It's not a physical seal. But it's the seal of the Holy Spirit that is in you. God has put, guaranteed, I put that thing on you. You are not just an ordinary, you see, I don't know why you cheap yourself. You are not just an ordinary, the seal of God is on you. The seal of God. God's mark is on you. 
If only you have accepted Jesus, the mark of God is upon you. Who has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee that we are saved. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's in you. Glory to God. The day you repented, that spirit came to dwell in you. And please listen to me. Jesus is the only way that can lead you to the salvation. Jesus is the only way. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There are not two ways. There are not three ways. I mean, I mean they say that there, is, there are so many ways leading to the same place. No! It is only one way. He said, I am the way. John 14, 3. The truth and the life. I mean, John 14, 6. No one comes to the Father except by me. Do you know what the devil is doing today? 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the what? The truth. No one comes to the Father except say after me, Jesus is the, the only way. Jesus is the only way. There is no name that is given unto men that they may be saved except through the name of Jesus Christ. There's no name. No name. Glory to God. Now what the devil is doing, the devil is introducing new things. Now, the, the, the new trend that is coming is what he called the African religion. Yeah. African, where it's internet throughout. Where they, they are raising young people for them to believe that African religion is the right way. They don't, give, they don't regard Jesus. They pour libation. Yeah. Among young people. Christianity is not for us. All kinds of things. All kinds of things. Somebody was sharing with us within the week. Uh, Hazel, uh, I think she told me you are aware of it. The sister, a lady brought up from a Catholic home, got married to a man who believes in these things. And then, he said, the, I mean, I mean they, 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 they visited the father, the, the mother. And uh, I think they were playing some, they were talking about something about Christ. And this young lady who has been brought in Christ, oh, said to the father, the father is a medical doctor, all this is a graduate and all that, said to the mother, who is this Jesus? He just said, the moment the, the, the sister said that, the mother just dropped dead. I mean, he said, he said, since that time from now, the mother has never been well. Never. Please, I beg you. If anybody comes to tell you anything apart from Jesus, that person is a devil. That person is what? He said, demon, devil. Paul said, if anybody comes to tell you there's any other gospel apart from the one I've preached to you, let that person be cursed. Let that person be accursed. Please. There's only one way. There is no name given to any man to be said except the name Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. We believe in Jesus. He is the one who came to die for us. He buried for us. He raised. He was raised for us. You can't compare Jesus with any other any other person. May the deceptions of the devil be cast over our children in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. The devil will always give you alternatives. 
When he appeared in the garden, he told the, uh, I mean, told the woman, he said, as God really says, you know, eat it. He said, no, no, if you eat it, you never die. You always contradict the word of God. Alternatives. When you do this, it will give, give alternatives. Always alternatives. But truth is truth. I said, truth is what? May God em- help us to embrace the truth, which is Christ. Receive that truth and receive that grace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Satan is saying in the name of Jesus. I believe in one truth, and that truth is Jesus. There is no any other truth apart from Jesus. Amen. Don't let anybody deceive you. Don't read some stupid things from the internet to mess and to curse your spirit. The new age religion. And past, a pastor will stand in the church and be pointing like this. You are cursed. You are demon. You are Satan. Calling your grandfather to come and help you. Who are, even when they are alive, they couldn't help you. How much more when they are dead? Curse be on you. The person was dead, they couldn't help you. Your grandmother was dead. Your grandfather was alive. He couldn't help you. Now that he's dead. What help can he give you whilst he's dead now? May God cause us to be rooted in him. Amen. That the way our world is going, none of us will ever go astray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Paul said in the last days, many shall be lovers of themselves. They shall tune themselves to hear things they want to hear. Yeah. You will continue to be in Christ forever and ever and ever and ever. No Muslim will come and marry you. You will not give yourself to any Muslim. No hajjah will deceive you. You will never follow money to take any wrong step. I say you never follow money to take any wrong step in the name of Jesus. The foundation of God stands sure and God knows those who belong to him. May God cause us to be established in him forever. In the name of Jesus. So salvation is found in nobody but except one. And please, I want to beg all of us, especially as we celebrate Father's Day today. Let's help our children. Let's ground our children in God. I'm telling you. Because when they move out there, they get into the world. That's where the danger is. In the homes, they are safe. But when they leave, they get into the universities. They are training them from the universities. Yeah. They are raising demonic young men and women from the universities. May God help us. That's why they pick the bad life. They pick all kinds of things. They're on their own. Number four. Is it three or four? Number three. When you repent and accept Christ, the, four, the third thing that happens to you, a new page is open for you. And your past is gone. A new page is open. The second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's what? The old has gone. The new has come. Hallelujah. So the moment you repent and accept Jesus, the Bible says your old is gone. God opens a new page for you. All the past is closed. A new page. Anyone being Christ, a new creation. So you are not who you used to be. If you say you have accepted Jesus, you have repented, you are not the person you used to be anymore. You are not a person. You are not that, I mean, that proud. You are not that arrogant. You are not that insulted person. You are no more. You are no more. You are new. Your spirit has been created new. The old has been taken and God has put a new spirit in you. And everybody has a new spirit here. 
if you have accepted Jesus, you are a new creation. You are a new person. Help me tell the person, you are not who you used to be. You are not who you used to be. Tell the person, you are new. You are new. So don't do the things of the old again. Don't do the things of the old. Tell the person, don't allow the things of the old to control your life. Yeah. So see yourself as a new person. I'm new. Brand new. That's my personal belief. I believe that even if a woman is a prostitute and the woman accepts Christ, the woman she accepts Christ, she becomes a virgin. Hey, I hear you, I'm going home. If it's a man, the man becomes a virgin. Because everything has become new. I see more virgins here. Even if she has given birth to 10, she's a new virgin. If you've gotten her, you've gotten a virgin. New. Say after me, I am a new person. I am not old. My life has changed. I'm new in Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm not the old I used to be. I'm not that old Kofi mentioned there. I'm not that old Nicholas. I'm not that old. I'm a new person. Amen. We are new. Because we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior. You are not that old Sheila. You are not that old person, but you are new together. May God grace us to embrace this new thing in the name of Jesus. Amen. I say in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Acts chapter number 11, the verse 20, 20, listen to what it says. In Antioch, when they saw the newness of those who gave their life to Christ, that's the first time for them to call them Christians. Acts chapter number 11, the verse 20 through 21. Listen to what it says. 20, 21. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus, Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greece also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Rome. News of this rich, when you continue to read Jerusalem, and send Barnabas and all that, and that was where they called them Christians. They look and say, ah, these are new people. From today, you never tell anybody who you are, but they will see who you are and call you the same. In the name of Jesus. I see that grace coming upon us. In the name of Jesus. Say, I'm a new in Christ. I'm a new person in Christ. Say with conviction, I'm a new person in Christ. Number four, you become a child of God. You become a child of God. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you repent as all of us have repented, please you must understand that all of us are God's creation. Not all of us are God's children. The day man fell, we became God's creation. But the day you accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you become God's child. I mean, John chapter 1, the verse 12. Let's, let's start from verse 11 and 12. John chapter number 1. The verse 11 and 12. This is what it says. And he came to them which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Verse 12. Come read together. I want to go. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his what? He gave the right to become children of God. So not everybody. There are two, children, there are two people, two fathers. God, the Satan. When you read uh, uh, John eight forty four, Satan, your father, talks about. And uh, Satan has children. All of us are God's creation, but not all of us are God's children. The day you accept Jesus, you become a child of God. You may be fatherless, but you have a father. You may be fatherless, but you have a mother. Glory to God. I'm a child of God. 
I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. I have a parent. I have a father. I'm a child of God. Glory to God. You are God's child. Your father may abandon you. Your mother may abandon you. But you are God's child. Hallelujah. Say after me. I am God's child. I am God's child. God is my father. God is my father. God is my father. God is my father. You have a father. Amen. Glory to God. Now go with me to 1 John 3, 1 and 2. Listen to what it says. 1 John 3, 1 and 2. How great is the love the Father has bestowed lavish on us that we should be called children and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know is that it did not know him. Look at verse 2. Dear friends, now we are what? Hallelujah. You are a child of God. Amen. Some of you don't, you don't even feel it. How many of you here will be happy that the president will be your father. Esamora. <laughs> if your father was very prominent, you'd be, hey, add some value to you. Is that also? Yeah. You are past certain levels. You don't struggle to buy a land. Struggle to buy a car. Struggle to buy... Even don't struggle even to marry. No, I'm telling you. But the connections are already there. But some of you, and some of us, we started driving taxi when we were even little. None of the children have done shushan before. None of the children. I may be older than Shushan. Me, I started shushan when I was five years. Tearing mango. Do you know mango? I'll be holding stones, killing lizards. Some of them may have not even seen lizards before. Mosquitoes? Malaria? From where? Even if you have certain fathers, there are certain sicknesses that have not even come to you. Do you know? Now I'm telling you. Do you know some people that when they are sick, they don't go to hospital. The doctors will come to the house. You have you seen a doctor in your house before? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Doctor in your house? So you are sitting, you are thinking of even what to eat this week. But engaging yourself with certain fathers, you don't think about what to eat, what to wear. This man has aeroplanes. When he's going around, the children sit in. Some of you, all your prayer that one day you sit in, even if you sit in plane, you die, you'll be happy. Somebody's like a taxi. These are human fathers. But I pray that from today, there is a father who is greater and bigger than any other father. May the consciousness of this father dawn on all of us. Therefore, all your lack are diminishing in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it's God who provided all these things for him. If he did it for he can do it for, for all of us. And I want to encourage all the fathers here, let's leave a great legacy for our children. A great what? Legacy. May you become a father who will leave a legacy for your children in the name of Jesus. Tell the person, leave a great legacy for your children. Tell the person, leave a great legacy for your children. Amen.
Tell your children will never struggle like the way you struggled. Amen. May God increase us. May God empower us. In the name of Jesus. You will never struggle. Your children will never struggle in the name of Jesus. May we connect to the father of all blessings so that our lives will be changed and our lives become better in Jesus' name. You have a father and God is your father. He's the possessor of the heavens and he owns all things. You'll never lack any good thing in your life. I say you'll never lack any good thing in your life. Glory to God. David said, if my father and my mother abandoned me, God will be there for me. May God help all of us in the name of Jesus. Now the next thing, let me just jump. My time is almost up. You become the righteousness of God. Second Corinthians 5.21 You become the righteousness of God. Please listen to me. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the what? You, tell the person, you are not a sinner. You are not a sinner. Stop that prayer. Father, you know I'm a sinner. Help me and forgive me. You are not a sinner. You are the righteousness. The day you gave your life to Christ, God took your sin and placed his righteousness on you. You are not righteous because you are doing right. You are righteous because God has imputed. The Bible calls it the imputed. For the sake that you have accepted Jesus, God made you righteous. I'm telling you. So you are not a sinner. If you see yourself as a sinner, you continue to sin. But see yourself as the righteousness of God sees you as righteous. Amen. You are no more a sinner. You are not. A, take that thing out of your head. I was born in sin. In sin I was conceived. Lord, you understand? No. God has made you righteous. From today, accept that righteousness in your spirit, in your soul, in your body, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The next one, God begins to work in your life. God begins to work his purpose in your life. God begins to work his purpose. The moment you repent and accept Jesus, God begins to work his purpose. In Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you. They are not evil, but they are good. 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, Verse 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Now, the moment you accept Jesus, this plan of God begins to work in your life. Yeah. Hmm. Interestingly. When you accept Jesus, God begins to unfold his word. Because before you are not, not a son, he couldn't work for you. But now that you have become his child, now his, he begins to unfold, begin to work his plans for you. In Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your own salvation with fear and what? Verse 13. For it is God who do what? Works in you to will and to act according to his God. The good purpose in Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you. They are not evil, but they are good. To bring you to the listen to me. If only you accept you have accepted Jesus, God has begun working in your life. Yeah. God has begun working something good in your life, in the life of your children. Gradually, 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 God is working. I'm telling you, your end shall be greater than your beginning. Something good has begun in your life. Something good has begun. Something great has begun. Something awesome has begun in you. Please accept that God has begun something good in your life. You are not going backward. You are not failing. For the path of the just is like a shining light. 
for us to behold him in a glass, we are changed from glory to what? Glory. God has begun working in you. Some of you, you may not even see God working, but he has begun working. Yeah, God is working for you. He's working on your health, working on your business, working on your marriage, working on your career. Yeah, God has begun working. Because sometimes the distressing the enemy caused in your life is so huge. He destroyed your character, he destroyed everything around you. Some of, this, we, some of us, we went very deep. Oh. We went deep. Give God time to work on you. Don't rush. No, 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 no. If God doesn't do this time this year, if I don't see this thing, hey, I will help myself. Some of you think it's God is too late. Oh. But the moment you give your life, you are like a newborn child. God begins to work on you gradually, gradually. You don't give a child, a 12-year-old child, you don't give your keys to a 12-year-old child, go and drive my car. No. Gradually, gradually, God is working on you. He's working. He's working his purpose. He's working his will. In no time, people will see you, they'll be shocked and they'll be surprised about what God is doing in your life. Just give God the time. Allow God. Serve him. Give your heart. Give your life to him. Give your heart to God. Continue to serve him. He is working. He knows what you need. He knows better than the way you do. He wants the best for you more than even yourself. He's working. He's working. Give God time. Don't ever, ever say it is getting late. Never. Look at the person. Don't ever say it is too late. It is too late. Don't ever. Your child is keeping long. No, 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 no. no. He knows the best. He's working for you. You will do well. You will succeed. God is unfolding his plans toward you. It is God who works in you to will and to act. He's doing the thing. I profess over you today. The next two years, the next one year, the next three years, the next four years, you will sit back and look at your life and say the Lord has been very good to you. Receive that grace in the name of Jesus. I said, receive that grace in the name of Jesus. Say, God is working for me. God is working for me. Say, God is working his will. Say, God is working his will. Now, see, interesting, it is not what you will. It is not him that willeth, but him that runneth. We have a will and God has a will. There is a way that seems right unto a man. For it is God who works in you to will, not you. Many a time we make a lot of mistakes because we will it. That's the reason why you, you went and hit and you came back. If you follow your will, you make a lot of mistakes. But when you allow God to work his will, it will end up, I'm telling you. If you want to work your own will, your own way, there is a way that God is putting brakes on you. Wait, wait, wait. He said, no, I'm going. No, I'll make your face like a flame. You are, no, no, God said, put on the brakes. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 watch, watch. watch. If, you have, if you take it, you will see what I'm trying to do. No, 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 no. You are crashing, but you can't see. Hold on. The greatest thing you can ever enjoy is to walk in the will of God. Your life will be at peace. No, I'm telling you. So your prayer is, my Lord, work your own will in my life. Work your will. Let your will be done. Jesus prayed that prayer. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. God has a will. In conclusion, when you accept Jesus, you repent. As all of us here here. Your life, God hates or hides your life in Christ. Hmm. That's a very powerful one. Your life is hidden. 
Colossians 3, 1 to 3. The day you accept Jesus, from that day forward, God hide your heart. I mean, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Go. Set your what? Your minds on that are above. And not earthly things. Uh -huh. Roll. For you died and your life is hidden in Christ. He said, believe me when I say I am where? And the Father. Now, so the day you accept Jesus as a Lord and personal Savior, your life is hidden. You are, you are put, I don't know how to do it, but you enter Jesus. He came in you and he took control over you. Your life is hidden. So you are put inside. So when they are looking for you, they have to go and look for Jesus. You know why? Why are you? Now, and the Bible says, John, John 14, let me say that Christ is also hidden in Christ. So you are here. Let me use a male for example. Okay, very. you are here. And the two of you is also hidden here. Now, so anybody who wants to destroy you, before they destroy you, they must destroy God first. Now, do you understand? They destroy God first. After destroying God, they have to go and destroy Christ before they will come and meet you. Because your life is hidden. Any demon looking for you, they will find you in Christ. They will do what? And nobody can kill God to come and kill Christ and come and kill you. Because you are hidden in him. Glory to God. Thank you very much. You can take it. Sometimes we say, my life is hidden in Christ. And Christ is also hidden in God. Yeah. This should give you the confidence. You're not afraid of anything. You go to work, somebody pours something on your floor. Oh, rubbish. I declare this thing neutralized. In Jesus' holy name. You are God. Glory to God. Nobody can harm you. No evil shall come near you. Because your life is hidden. May this grace dawn upon us. May this revelation dawn upon us. You know your position in Christ. Therefore, your life in the destiny will never be the same. Maybe the last of it. The next thing that God does in our lives. When you accept Jesus, you are no more poor. He takes you from the lineage of poverty into the lineage of prosperity. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he did what? So that you through his poverty might become what? He became poor, that you might become what? Now, how many of you will pay for one item twice? How many of you will do that? If this Bible costs 10 CDs, and I pay the price for it, what do I have to do? It has become mine. I will not go and pay again. It's only a fool who pays for one item twice. Jesus paid the price of poverty for you so that you might become rich. You don't have to pay the price of poverty again. All that you need is to key into what he wants you to do and prosperity is connected to you. Because God knows that poverty can kill you before your time. 
Many of you, if God doesn't bless you and change your life, uh, poverty will, will, will make you sad. Proverbs 10.15, listen to what it says. The rich man's wealth is his own strong city. The destruction of the poor is their what? You know what poverty will do to you? God knows that poverty is not good. Poverty, I curse you, be just left. You will never be poor. Tell the person, I refuse to be poor. In a person, tell the person, I'm not even poor. I'm not poor. I'm not poor. I'm not poor. You can't accept Christ and remain as a poor person. No! How can you accept Christ and you are still begging? Then what is the evidence of accepting Christ? You are accepting Christ. Before you accepted Christ, you were begging. Now you accepted Christ two, three years, you are still begging? The rich man's wealth is a strong city. The destruction of the poor. May every traces of poverty in your lineage be cursed in the name of Jesus. You will never be poor in Jesus' name. Say, I refuse to be poor. I refuse to be poor. I refuse to be poor. May God embrace us in Jesus' name. And I want to tell you here, all the young men here, one of the things that makes you poor is love for women. If you're a man here, you love girls. You'll be poor. I'm here, I've gone home. I'm concluding because it's Father's Day. You'll be poor. Let me show you the scripture in closing. I'll give you close now. Close. Proverbs 6 20, 26 and 21 27. For by means of a harlot, a man is reduced to a trash heap, a bread. Give me the NIV. For the prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread. Some of you, if the money you have to give, you have to give to a woman. The presence you will give it. The reason you have not been able to buy a land is because of a, because of women. If you continue, you can't build it. Fathers, look at me. Don't stop talking. You need to know. The prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread. Do you know who the prostitute is? Because she's not keeping one man. And the adulterer pays the price of that. Look at verse uh, chapter 3 together. Right? He who loves pleasure and women, he ever loves money. Just put one hand on your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask for grace. We ask for your help. Help us to genuinely repent. Help us to know your name, Lord. Let our new position reflect your majesty in our life. Let all men see that we are truly repentant in the name of Jesus. Let the blessings that grow to repentance manifest in our lives in Jesus' name. From today, let evil be far away from us. Give us hatred for evil. Hatred for evil. In the name of Jesus.
any trouble we find ourselves in, we can see that we can enter deliverance into Jesus' name. Help us, O oh Lord.